Daily Podcast. I'm joined by Mark Paquette, and it's Sunday evening, and we're doing a podcast for the MLB DFS slate for Memorial Day. First and foremost, I want everyone to have a safe and happy Memorial Day. And uh, Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing so far in your Sunday slate? Welcome, Jason. Thank you for having me. Um, About even on the Sunday slate, I did play a little bit of the all-day slate. I will say if Mark, Matt Carpenter hits a home run or even has a semi-productive evening, I will end up a little bit ahead. But even if he doesn't, I'll be about even. All right. You know, even day sometimes is better than, you know, losing some money. So we'll get into the slate. We're doing it the night before. We're, we're talking about the Memorial Day slate. Depending on what site you're playing on, it's kind of staggered. Um, on FanDuel, they have a couple different slates. They have an early, they have a late. Uh, we'll talk through both. We're going to basically break down game by game, you know, starting with uh, the early slate, and then you guys can decide how you want to break your slate up, which pitchers you want based on what we're going by. But to start the game off, we're starting off in Washington. We have one of the best pitchers on the slate. We have Max Scherzer, you know, at home versus Jose Arena, which pretty much means Max is going to be the top player today, especially in this early slate. If you can afford them, lock them into your cash lineups. Miami's been kind of tricky lately. They blew up the Grom. They've been pesky. But at the same time, they're still Miami, and Max is still super dominant. I wouldn't, you know, touch Arena. He's not going to get the win, most likely. Washington's been hitting better. Uh, the lineup's, you know, pretty much at full strength at this point. So we can attack with Max, and we can attack with Washington. Like I said, Max is going to be your clear-cut number one starter of the day. There's some other, you know, top-end starters in, in both slates to kind of, you know, dictate where you want to spend. But it all starts with Max. It's the best matchup on the board. Pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. If you can, if you can afford them in the early slate or the all-day slate, you take them. If you can't, you can't. Um, how do you see this game breaking out? I play mainly on FanDuel, Jason. So, as you know, uh, the quality start in the strikeout is so important. So. Out of his, after his quote-unquote struggles of Scherzer's first, say, three or four starts, he's got 9, 10, 8, 10, 7, 8, 9 strikeouts in his last starts and has been above 40 FanDuel points in four of his last six starts, including three of his last four. He's trending up. You can't get a better matchup on paper, paper than, than the Marlins. So I cannot blame you, especially in a cash game option, to spend up on Scherzer. Yeah, I think he's a clear-cut number one if you can afford him. Um, with not too many pitchers, you know, that are, are dominant as he are in the entire league. we got Cole coming up. We have a couple different options that we can talk about. But let's first get into this Detroit-Baltimore game, which is the next game on the slate. We have Yanova versus Norris. Um, we're in a hitter's ballpark. It's kind of a tricky matchup because you kind of want to get some value out of these out of these bats. Baltimore is coming out of a series in Colorado where they were swinging some healthy bats. Norris has been up and down. Uh, you want to attack him from the right side. He's not dominant. He's not overpowering. Um, but he's been battling. You know, in a couple of games, he, he pitched – you know, pretty good against Minnesota when, you know, a lot of a lot of DFS players were stacking against them. Not so great, you know, versus Oakland. You know, he pretty much cruised through 
a Miami start, got a quality start there. So he's a guy you can attack from the right side. Guys like Mancini uh, make sense. You know, guys you want to grab for value might be Nunez or Villar. A couple of different options here. It's really going to come down to where can you grab some value if you're going to go ahead and uh, pitch a top-line starter like Scherzer or Cole uh, that's coming up in a later game. Some of these outfielders for the Orioles are kind of cheap. I wouldn't really – I'm not a big fan of Detroit this year. Um, you know, uh, we don't know too much about him. He's probably not going to last too long. More of a relief uh, relief pitcher, getting a start, probably going a couple innings, and his Baltimore bullpen is pretty terrible. So a guy like Castellanos uh, has been hitting better. He comes in kind of cheap at 3500 Might be an option. Outside of that, I'm not really liking these Detroit bats. If you want, if you need some value, though, I can see you grabbing a guy. You know, anybody who's 2200 2500 at the top of his lineup, you know, might make sense. We've got to see how these lineups roll out. Detroit's been playing, you know, a lot of random guys, you know, from a day-to-day uh, perspective. Anybody that kind of you feel strong about on Detroit, I can't really see myself paying up for Miggy at 3200 on FanDuel, but anybody in this lineup – you like on the Detroit side? Castellanos, I mean, like you said, he hit two home runs today. Um, he seems to be a person that has always hit the ball hard, but hasn't had big home run numbers and really hasn't done so far this year. I do like to think about a theory that some DFS have DFS players out there is that after leaving cores, their bats really struggle for a day or two. So if you're in a GPP, a large GPP, and you want to be different from the, the field, I would take a flyer on Norris. He's only 6,600 on FanDuel. He hasn't been blown up uh, besides May 17th versus Oakland, where he gave up six earned runs. All his other starts are three earned runs or fewer besides one other. So... Two starts out of the year, he's given up four more. All the others, so one, two, three, four other starts, he's given up fewer than two earned runs. So watch this. I mean, this is something that on like on WinDailyDFS.com we can keep a track of is how do teams do when leaving cores and, and do they struggle? I think Baltimore Bats have a good chance at struggling tomorrow. Yeah, there's a couple guys in his lower range that – you know, could stack up and give you some value. You got you got Norris as one of them. You got two other guys we'll talk about soon in that six thousand range, and one guy even below that um, could could be interesting if you want to go that way. You have to be careful though. I, I wouldn't play him in cash, of course, but in a GPP, if you want to stack up some bats in one of these later games, it does make sense to maybe go with a guy like Norris or Nova or Bailey. There, one of these guys is going to have a good game. You know. Um, they're all facing not so tough opponents. So keep an eye on them. See how this lineup stacks up. Um, Baltimore, I, I would assume, is a little bit better versus a lefty. So it's a little scary still, but it does make some sense at the same time. Um, bats, do you like any of these bats? A guy like Rodriguez, maybe. Does that make any sense to you? If we're going to go with Detroit side, yeah, anybody but- here? Like you said, this is probably an opener game. Baltimore's bullpen is the worst in all of baseball. So I think besides Castellanos, like you said, I don't like Cabrera. I mean, he's just on the, the major downside of his career. He hasn't shown any power whatsoever. So 
in DFS, you always try to show some power. So besides Castellanos, maybe Rodriguez. And, I mean, there's just not a lot of power in Detroit's lineup. So yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of, yeah. you know, if you can find one of them cheap as a filler, if somebody's in the top of the lineup under $2,500 on FanDuel or a value play on DraftKings, taking a flyer on one of these guys and maybe pay up elsewhere at pitcher or one of your other bats, you know, Baltimore is a is a pitcher is a hitter's park. So if you can sneak a guy in there, it does make some sense. But I think the next game is where you want to get most of your bats um, in this early slate. I know Strom has been better, but facing these Yankees lineup in New York, you're a lefty. He hasn't been he hasn't been bad. You know, most of his games, he's you know holding his opponents under two earned runs in his last I would say seven eight games. But this Yankee lineup. You don't want to be a lefty versus the Yankee lineup right now. They have too much power throughout, and they're really, you know, hitting their stride as far as power goes, putting up runs across the board. You got Voight, you got Sanchez, you got LeMahieu, you have Torres, um, Hicks. You got all these guys who are swinging a hot bat from the right side. Let's not forget Frazier. Again, the only thing that's tough for this New York lineup, which I keep on, you know, reminding people, is getting the right four or five of them in your stack. The early slate is going to be probably won by these Yankees, you know, in my prediction at this point. It's just getting them right because every day it's another one of them. I think you lock Sanchez or Voight, you know, if you're playing FanDuel, that catcher or first place, first base position, and you and you lock Torres at shortstop. He, Torres is the best guy. He's too cheap on FanDuel at 3,600. It's basically a free square for me. And LeMay has been hitting with a little more power. I think he likes his Yankee you know, uh, Yankee Stadium, and he's been doing well. Like I said, 317, four home runs, 27 RBIs, hitting the top of that lineup. You know, you kind of want to get him at a weak second base position. I think these two guys, you know, could be the core of your lineup along with Sanchez and Voight and see if maybe you could be sneaking and get Sanchez and Voight in that lineup by putting one in the utility spot. I think that's where I want to start if I can, if I can find a pitcher that I feel comfortable with. You know, it's a good way to start this lineup. On the backside, you got CeCe, who's, you know, dealing some some knee, pay, knee pain. He's just coming off the injury list here. So coming off the DL, he's probably not going to go too deep. And some of these San Diego bats are cheap. Good spot possibly to get a guy like Kinsler at 2700 if he gets to start. Machado even, you know, 3600 not too expensive. I know he hasn't done much, but this could be a game. You know, playing New York, a lot of these guys like to play up. Um, so I see you getting some value here from some San Diego bats as well. How do you see this game, Mark? Um, I like your take on CC. Uh, as I stated with you the last podcast you and I t- did together, I never like a pitcher coming off an injury. You never really quite know what he get, what he's going to give you. Um, but on the other side, I like going with a player who was chalked the day before who didn't really come through, and that's Gary Sanchez. He went one for five with one run on Sunday. Uh, not exactly what people who rostered him are looking for. So I think people will probably tend to overlook him, maybe just a tad. I know he's on the Yankees. The Yankees are always popular just because of their uniform uh but he may be a person that like he screwed me yesterday i'm not going to use him today so yeah go with sanchez go with a batter before him or after him scott 
on the podcast uh, on Sunday pointed out that Torres is a much better or has been a much better hitter on the road than his home. So it might not be Torres, though you may look at it in the opposite, that he's due to do really well at home just because of how good he's been on the road. Yeah, I think this could be a potential full game stacks too. Uh, Reyes had a day off on Sunday, dealing with a little shoulder pain. But if he's back in the lineup, he's been hitting with a lot of power. Even a guy like Margot or Myers, whoever ends up in those outfield spots, hitting from the right side. You know, I wouldn't go crazy with San Diego, but this game could could get out of hand as far as, you know, these pitchers go. If it's hot again tomorrow in New York, it was around 85 today. I think it's going to be really hot tomorrow as well. So if it's hot and it's humid in New York, this could be your game to stack because, you know, with weather, it could dictate a little bit more, you know, power of the ball, leaving the yard a little bit easier. So I like this game a lot on both sides. I think it matches up well for both these lineups because all their – Power, for the most part, comes from the right side. And it's two lefties in New York. I like both sides of this. So I like I looked at Paul. He, he's hit three homers in the last two days. That's lefty on lefty on CeCe. But like you said, how long does CeCe last? If, if Myers is in that lineup, they're going to get to the Yankees bullpen. He will be facing a favorable matchup. Yep. And like you said, you know, just a couple of minutes ago about you know, playing a guy that kind of burned people the night before. Yep. Same thing goes with pitching. Um, there was an early slate this past week with Castillo was massive yep. chalk, and he yep. lasted 2.2 innings, right. gave up foreign runs. Everybody was crying about him on Twitter, saying he's the worst pitcher ever. Um, but he's got a good matchup tomorrow. Um, if you're going to, you know, feed Scherzer, the guy who's probably second or third in line, you know, as far as a power arm, is going to be Castillo in his early slate. Pittsburgh has been on and off. You know, they either get shut down or they have these miracle games where they're scoring 10 runs somehow. Cincinnati is a hitter's park, so it does worry me a little bit. And you guys got you got guys like Bell and Polanco who have been swinging a hot bat. So it's a little bit, you know, it's not the same cake matchup as Washington versus Miami. And it's in a more of a hitter's park, but... I think Castillo comes in number three on the slate after Scherzer and after Garrett Cole, but you obviously get a discount. With that risk, you get a little bit of a discount. So for $2,200 discount, you get Castillo over Max. You know, it's going to come down to, you know, lineup creation. Do you feel like you really need that discount or do you want the safety with Max? Because he's probably going to get you 40 plus points and he can lock it in. Even if somehow Miami gets to him, he's still going to, have a hundred pitches at the end of the day and probably seven Ks. So Castillo is not as safe, but you know, it's somewhere to look if you want a, a slight discount hitting wise, you know, on the other side of things, Castillo is that guy who has these blow up games. He's got a ton of talent, but there's been games where he's let up four runs, five runs um, before. And, you know, last year he was even less consistent than he is this year. So if you want to be sneaky, these Pittsburgh bats will go under own. I think Castillo goes a little bit under own too due to his last um, his last time out. Cincinnati on the backside of this Kingham, you know, not great but not terrible. He has two rough starts he's coming off of. I don't really trust these Cincy bats, you know, too much. But I can see a couple guys being in play. The young kid Senzel, even though it's a righty versus righty, he's been you know swinging a hot bat. Maybe giving a guy like Vado a shot, even though I barely played him all year long. Um, four home runs, hitting 232. Looks like he 
just doesn't have it. But he's been swinging a hot about as of late. Two for four, three for five, two for four coming off this Cub series. So, you know, it might be a time to get Joey Votto at $2,900 on Fandle and a, and a slight discount versus Kingham. He will be on their own as well. So if you want some value for your cash games, I can see a player like Votto and maybe grabbing some of these Cincy bats. I, I value the Cincy bats obviously higher than these Pittsburgh bats, but can you trust Castillo tomorrow or are you going to pay up and either get Scherzer or pay down to guys like we were talking about? Yeah, as you said, Scherzer is almost guaranteed 40 points. And Castillo, uh, before his last start, was guaranteed 40 points. So if you just want to lock in points, go Castillo, take the savings, move on. Uh, As you said, um, Cincinnati's Park, Great American Ballpark, is a hitter's park. Joey Votto is a very safe cash play. I mean, he's not going to hit you a ton of home runs, which you're looking for generally in GPPs or for cash plays for for that uh, price anyways. But he's consistently going to give you, over the last week or so, a couple hits, a couple walks. Um, so, yeah, lock him in at that discount. It's almost like I'm going to pay down for Castillo and try to spend up on my bats. Uh, and probably not use Votto or spend up for Scherzer and use a player like Votto where I need the savings. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't, I don't think Votto finishes this year, you know, sub 250 batting average. I think he probably gets his batting average up to 270, 280. He's done it for 10 plus years. He's still the same guy. He's had a rough, you know, start. And he's, he's been showing some signs as of late, like I said. He's coming off a good series versus Chicago. Hopefully he can carry that over. I think at 2900 he's probably one of the better value players on FanDuel at least. I'm not looking at his price tag on DraftKings right now, but at 2900 you know, with a good matchup, in a good hitter's environment, I think, you know, in your cash games, it's where you want to hit the lock button and maybe slot a guy like Sanchez or Voight um, in your utility spot or vice versa. But 2900 is probably going to be the cheapest you're going to see Votto in a matchup like this at home. So it's a good place to, you know, seek some value. Outside of that, like I said, you can play Castillo, but I'm not sure if we're going to land there because it's Pittsburgh lineup, you know, with Josh Bell, who's been on fire, hitting 339, 16 home runs. He's your early, you know, most improved player in the National League right now. He's been, you know, consistently getting double-digit points. He's got some home run games two home run games so he's a scary bat he's also a good one off that's going to be kind of slightly under owned because i don't see somebody paying 4400 for bell when you can get sanchez or voight in a better matchup so he's probably going to be under 10 percent ownership for gpps i can see him being a sneaky piece as well so you know look to get some value out of this game look to be sneaky from this game and you know see how everything lines up in the next game we're going to Tampa. It looks like we have Sanchez. It looks like we're going to have some kind of bullpen game. Possibly, you know, a guy like Torino's might start or might come into the game. You know, we're doing this podcast on Sunday night, so we're not really sure at this point who's going to be pitching. Do you have any idea, Mark, who's going to be pitching for Tampa Bay at this point? No, I mean, they're the, the classic opener philosophy team, so I think your good guess is as good as mine in this situation. Obviously, they, they won't use Stanek because he opened yesterday, but basically take away Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, 
I think it could be anyone in that uh, Tampa Bay uh, uh, pitching staff. Yeah, I think it's a bullpen game, and I'm seeing a lot of Chirinos. So we can expect that Chirinos is probably going to be in the game, you know, more than anybody else at this point. He is, you know, someone that on DraftKings, I can see a play there. It's a pitcher's park. He's been good. On FanDuel, he's cheap. But you're pretty much taking a quality start out of the picture. At the same time, wins, you know, the, 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 the possibility of a win goes down. So I think he's a DraftKings only play. I'm not going to dabble with a guy like Scherzer and Cole and Castillo to really mess with, you know, Chirinos at all. For the most part, this game doesn't really scream out much of anything to me. Tampa Bay has been better. Toronto is starting to pick up a little bit. Sanchez is interesting because his price tag is 7200 He's somewhat safe for maybe 30 points, but Tampa's been kind of a scary lineup. Not someone I really want to attack too much. They don't strike out much. They put the ball in play. They've been blowing up pitchers all year. So I can't see myself paying the 7200 I'd rather just pay up and, and have that safety in, in the early slate. But can you see yourself taking a discount on a guy like Sanchez? No. Tampa's sneaky good. They're probably going to win the game somehow. So you can take the points away from the win from Sanchez. And, I mean, Tampa, I mean, look what they did to a pretty decent Cleveland pitching staff. Meadows is a really good hitter. Lowe is an improving young hitter. They got some hitters up and down the lineup. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of Sanchez tomorrow. Do you like any any people on the Toronto side, a Guerrero, a Smoke who's been starting to, you know, he had a good game today. Anybody on the backside, any hitters that you're going to attack this game from a hitter standpoint? Or is it, is it a fade spot for you? It's an interesting DFS philosophy question. I've heard over and over again from people that they will refuse to play a player after a two-home run game just because they know there's going to be inflated ownership. So you look at Smoke, who had been hitting the ball really hard, but he's coming off his best game of the season tomorrow. Chances are he doesn't come anywhere close to duplicating it. But, I mean, he's hot. On the other hand, Guerrero is a guy that I really think is still underpriced in the industry. Um, the hot streak, we saw a bit of it where he was named AL Player of the Week, uh, not last week, but the week before. I think that's more of who he is than whether he was the beginning of the year or last week. So, I, I may be considering using Guerrero tomorrow. Yeah, I think you, you I think you grab a couple guys here and there, but I think overall like if we're comparing a guy like Smoke versus a guy like Vado, I'd rather take the discount where the discount is like on FanDuel. I agree. And, you know, I think it's overall a better spot than than Smoke has. As far as Guerrero at third base, it's a little bit different. He's he's priced Way down still at 3,100. Nobody around that spot. So, like, if I'm building lineups and, you know, I'm third base is one of the last spots and I got 3,100, 32, 3,300, it looks like he'll be someone I'd be plugging in as a one-off just because he has that potential, you know, versus anybody. So, I can see this game not as a full stack, but if the way I'm creating these lineups tomorrow morning, they play out and I have the money there and it, it works out, I'll go there. But... I think I'll be going underneath them or above them if I can. How uh, about this next? You gonna say about, something? Uh, rookie 
son of Hall of Famer Craig Biggio, Kevin Biggio, hit his first home run on Sunday. He's $2,100 on FanDuel right now. Would that be someone you're Yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good point. I played him a little bit on Sunday. Um, he was in half my lineup, so he, you know, he broke out for a nice game. I know he's one of the top prospects. So, yeah, again, if I'm looking for some value, I need to plug somebody in, I, I'll do that with these with these uh, Tampa Bay guys and, ter- and Toronto guys. But other than that, um, probably a stay-away spot for me. Sure. Um, yeah. Now agree. let's get into this Kansas City and Chicago White Sox game. You have two pitches here that are both fairly priced on FanDuel. Deep, dis- deep discounts. In that same Daniel Norris 62 to 6600 range, at the same time they could get blown up anytime. They're pretty equal, you know, in what they've done so far this year. Homer barely started the season extremely hot, dropped 40 points um, in, in back-to-back starts. I haven't played him one of those starts, and I looked like a genius then. But then after that, he's kind of fell off the map. A couple of tougher matchups versus St. Louis and Texas and Philly. Um, but at 6,200, makes some sense in GPPs. And the same thing with Nova. You know, these are two lineups that don't scare me at all. And these are guys that have that potential to get you a 30, 40-point game. Nova somehow battled through a Houston lineup, gave up 10 hits. But he got the win. He got a quality start, and he, and he dropped 31 points last start. Um, he dropped 34 versus Toronto, 43 versus Cleveland. It's something that I wouldn't do in any cash games. These three guys in the 6,000 range, not cash game viable, but tournaments, if you want to get sneaky, you know, with the amount of times that these these teams strike out in the major leagues these days, and these, these two teams specifically, the White Sox, you know, they strike out heavy. Kansas City, not so much, but they're not a potent offense that, you know, maybe a guy like Nova can, can last six, seven innings, get the quality start. I can see some GPP uh, ownership go to them just to, you know, if I want to be sneaky, I have to make my fourth or fifth lineup. Not offenses I really want to target. If I was to pick one, I would say I would lean the White Sox with a little bit more power. But it's tough really for me to kind of attack this game. Do you have any insight from either side, pitchers, hitters? What do you make of this game? (laughs) I, I would love to give you some insight here, but no, I'm staying away from it. Yeah, I don't like Bailey. I don't like Nova. Uh, I guess Kansas City's offense has been pretty consistent in that it's basically Mondesi and Merrifield. And other than that, uh, you know, maybe Lopez, if he's batting between the two, if you want to you wanna pay up for Scherzer uh, and get some discount there, I believe on, let me look for on FanDuel, he is at... Uh, 3000 So, yeah, I mean, that's even a little too pricey for me because I'm going to need some savings. So, yeah, it's just not a game I'm looking towards. Yeah, like I said, I think maybe from pitching, you know, from a pitcher standpoint, I don't know if I if I had to pick one now, I don't know who I like, Nova, Norris, or Bailey. You know, I like your call on Norris. Yeah. Uh, I think he might have the most upside out of the three, you know, but these other two, they're they're basically the same pitcher to me in very similar matchups. Um, I would flip a coin, but not someone I want to actively target. In a deep GPP lineup, a cheap GPP lineup, I can see one of the three 
probably posting a 35, 40-point game, but I couldn't tell you with any conviction I can choose one over the other because they're so similar in essence. So, And from hitting standpoint, you know, a guy like Mankata, a guy like Abreu, Merrifield, or Montessi, you know, any of them can go off, but they're all expensive. You know, Mankata at 3,800, Montessi at 3,900, Merrifield at 4,000. These are all guys that are too expensive for me if I'm going to be paying up. I want somebody to better match up. And Abreu's 4000 as well. So there's better guys, yep. you know, on FanDuel at least that I'd rather pay up for than these guys. So for the yep. most part, it, it's a it's a fade spot for me. The last game of this early slate on FanDuel looks to be, you know, the Cole versus Cole matchup, most likely a pitching matchup. I can see Houston being sneaky here because – you know, Cole Hamels has been better. He's been pretty consistent this year so far. This game is also tough to peg, but I can see Houston coming on their own. And I can see Houston blowing up Cole Hamels. He had a rough start, you know, last time out versus Philadelphia. Even the start before that versus Washington, he only lasted five innings, um, gave up seven hits. So he's been good, but not great as of late, but pretty consistently. He's been getting you six, seven innings, five innings, and that Chicago bullpen's pretty good as well. So Houston's not going to be a clear-cut number one stack, but they have the, the ability to go off against anybody. And, you know, from Garrett Cole's perspective, Chicago's not a guy a team really want to go against either. Cole's been, you know, racking up the Ks 11, 8, 10, 11, 9, 12, 7, and 7. So he's been mowing down hitters. Not lasting too long in games. The quality starts have been few and far between. But he finds ways to get 60, 40, 60, 49 points. But, you know, at $11,000 on FanDuel, if you had a pick between him and Max Scherzer, I'd rather pay the $800 and, you know, find safety elsewhere. I think Scherzer is, you know, a lot safer. Same upside, if not more. So I think Cole's going to be in a weird spot tomorrow where people are either going to pay up for Scherzer or go down to a guy like Castillo or somebody else. So it's mainly a, a fade for me on both sides. You know, maybe if I have a lot of exposure to Scherzer in GPPs and cash games, maybe run out like one Cole lineup just in case he does go out there and mow down these these Cubs. But I think Scherzer is the safer play. And hitters here, if you want to be sneaky, I would go with a Houston stack, but I wouldn't be stacking up the, these uh, these Cubs at all. What do you think about this game? Yeah, from I remember from the um, Pirates days, Cole, you attacked with lefties, and the Cubbies have some quality lefties. So I'm probably not going to look to Cole. As to Hamels, it seems like the Cubs have nothing but soft-tossing lefties in their rotation with Quintana, Lester, and Hamels. Um, And you would think soft-tossing lefty against Houston lineup, look for some righties to really do some damage. Obviously, if you want to pay up, Korea. In Bregman, or if you want to save some money, go to Mariznick. Uh, but I mean, as you said, it's just that Hamels is so good at limiting damage. He doesn't get blown up. Yeah, I, I think this is much like the last game we talked about. I'm probably not going to roster either pitcher or any batters. Yeah, that's basically the way, I, the way I'm looking at it. Um, now we're going to jump to. You know, Arizona and Colorado, it's not going to be in the early slate. It'll be in the full slate or the, you know, the midday slate that FanDuel's got going on. Same thing with DraftKings. Um, we got Granky versus Gray. 
it's a tough matchup here for Granky. Colorado is, you know, Colorado hitting in Colorado. So, you know, I don't see myself paying the 8,500. You get Granky at a slight discount, and he's pitched in Colorado this year and lasted six innings. But, you know, I don't pitch. I have a rule. I don't pitch anybody in Colorado. I don't, I don't really care who it is unless you got Marquez this year versus maybe a team like Miami. Um, then I would look into Marquez. But I'm not going to go against any Colorado bats with a pitcher. Um, so I'm going to fade Granky here. Um, I don't see the Rockies blowing him up because he's such a you know consistent pitcher. A professional pitcher has been doing it for years. On the backside, though, I will attack Gray. I don't think Gray's got anything special going. He's having a tough time on the road. He's having a tough time at home. So I think you can attack Gray with some lefty bats. A guy like Peralta, is, you know, he's on the DL right now. I wish he was in the lineup. But you got Marte, even Adam Jones. You got, you know, guys throughout this lineup, Eduardo Escobar. I'm going to pretty much try to find some value wherever I can. Any guys I can grab, you know, from this Arizona lineup if I'm playing the midday slate, which I'm not really sure if I'm going to, you know, dive too much. I'm going to focus as much in on the main slate as possible. But, you know, these Arizona bats, wherever I can grab some value, I'll grab them. And I'm pretty much going to fade, you know, Colorado for the most part. But if I can find a way to get in Story or Arenado, not scared of the matchup versus Granky in Colorado. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, as you just said, Granky's a professional pitcher. He's probably not going to get blown up. So I'm not going to use him, but I'm not going to look to target Colorado bats either. Gray at home, as you said, nothing special. He hasn't been exactly lit up at home either. I mean, I see, uh, looking at his game logs, I see five runs against the Dodgers. That was in early April. The Dodgers are obviously a very good hitting team. At home against Philly, no earned runs in six innings. At home against the Padres, three earned runs. And, and those have been his home start. So it's not like he's getting killed, but he's not dominating either. So, again, much like the last two games, I wish I could add some here, Jason. But I think I'm going to go elsewhere for both bats and arms. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I can – I would I would lean towards the bats. Obviously, it's Colorado. Um, but I'd like well, to, I you know, see if I can find a, find a pitcher in one of these later games when I'm playing this midday slate. But if I had to, you know, on two pitcher sites, you're going to have to pick somebody from these lineups. So I would, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be scared to pitch um, Granky as well. I'm not touching Gray, but if Granky's in there, you know, I can see him having a decent game over Gray. And at 8,500 on FanDuel kind of makes some sense. And he will be under own because people will be scared off by, oh, yeah. you know, this uh, this Colorado lineup. The next game you got, you have uh, Chris Bassett going against Felix Pena in Oakland. Bassett's been, you know, really good this year. And he, he's the only problem is he's really expensive. He had one bad start in his last start versus Cleveland. But outside of that, he's been pretty dominant with four games over 40 points on FanDuel. Um, one game he had 24, but he's been pr- pretty consistent. But at 10-1 for a guy named Chris Bassett, I know you don't want to pick your pitchers and, and and your guys by name value, but I can't see myself paying 10-1 for a guy like Bassett on FanDuel versus Angel lineup. It's been, you know, pretty good lately. So I'm going to stay away for Bassett, but 
At the same time, I'm not going to really attack him with some Angels bats. Obviously, Mike Trout is always in play, but not someone I really want to attack these days. On the backside of things, Pena's been all over the place. He's been pretty inconsistent. They've been pitching him out of the bullpen. He's been starting. He's been looking good for two innings, and he has a betting. So he's kind of get. He's a tough guy to read. Um, have you seen anything from him that has you thinking one way or another at this point in his, in his year? No. I mean, he doesn't strike out a ton of batters. He doesn't last long in games. There's nothing to really says that rosters him, especially when you have Norris and the two pitchers that we had talked about in, where was it, in Cincinnati? No, not Cincinnati. What was the other game with the two? It was the Kansas City White Sox game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to use Pena any of, over any of those three. On the other side, I, I love what you just said. This is Chris Bassett. I understand he's a good pitcher, but he doesn't have a pedigree. He's not a top-tier arm. He's coming in more expensive on FanDuel than Clayton Kershaw and Luis Castillo. I understand that pitchers and pit players can change year to year, but are you telling me he's really that he's a better pitcher than Clayton Kershaw or Luis Castillo right now? No, he's not. So I'm not rostering him either. Uh, but on the other side, what, what do you think? You think a guy like Trout? You think Trout's worth spending on in a late slate? No, I mean because. We've seen Bassett been pretty good, so I'm not going to pick on Bassett, but I'm not going to use him either. It's kind of like, I hate to be, I wish I could add some insight to here, but I'm not going to probably use anyone in these, this game either. Yeah, I think it's, you know, for the most part, you have a, a pitcher's park. Um, I can see Bassett going out there and throwing a good game, you know, in the mid-slate. If you can find ways to get some value, you know, I can see myself rostering Bassett because there's not much else as far as pitching goes, um, depending on how these slates break out. It's kind of a weird these, – these middle games are, are not in, you know, the late slate. They're in the all-day slate. So we're just going through it, you know, to kind of explain it to the, to the listeners. But I think it's mo- most likely a fade spot. I can see maybe stacking up these Oakland A's as, as a potential stack or some one-offs. But, you know, most of this game is just a, a complete stay away for me. The interesting game that on this mid-slate is this Cleveland-Boston game. You got Porcello versus Rodriguez. Um, Cleveland not really doing much offensively. And Boston is Boston. They're playing at home. They've been doing a little bit better as of late. I can see attacking Jeffrey Rodriguez with, you know, guys like Devers, Moreland, Benintendi, Betts and Martinez are always in play, maybe grabbing some value at a, at a spot like Nunez at second base, depending on who they roll out there. Jackie Bradley, that's due to, you know, break out at any time here, who's, you know, he's shown, shown some signs as of late. So he could be, you know, a value spot for you. He hit a home run, you know, this past week. He's got three home runs in, you know, in the past, you know, 10 days here. So Bradley at 2,500 kind of makes sense. If you want to stack these these Red Sox out, um, probably in this mid slate, the Red Sox are going to be one of the stronger you know positions for bats. Porcello, on the other hand, he's coming in at seventy eight hundred. You know he's been pretty consistent lately. He's flashed some upside in a couple games where he's dropped you know high thirties. He's got a, a great start versus Oakland. He snuck in there, so I think he's a pretty safe play at a pretty you know affordable price at seventy eight hundred. So. 
I can see rostering uh, Porcello. Indians, they've been pretty terrible. They haven't been hitting. Guys like Ramirez and Lindor never really got their seasons going. So this is a very attackable lineup here. He's probably in his mid-slate, going to be coming in as the biggest favorite on his slate, I would say. So I think Porcello's in play to get you a nice 30, 40 points, hopefully get you that quality start. And these Indians, you know, they've been one of the weaker lineups so far this year in the American League. How do you feel about Porcello tomorrow? I like him. At home, he's a really good pitcher. Two earned runs, four earned runs, uh, zero earned runs, three earned runs, um, three earned runs, and that's it. That's his home start. So he doesn't get blown up. I like him. He's cheap. Cleveland isn't hitting. I love it when Terry Francona comes back to Fenway Park. That's a great thing as a Red Sox fan to see. Um, and, yeah, you have to like the Red Sox bats here. They're coming off a tough weekend series against Houston where they salvaged the last game on Sunday. They're back at Fenway Park. The weather's warmed up. They like home cooking. Use some bats. Use Porcello. And this isn't – well, this is a Red Sox fan talking, but it seems to make sense to me. Yeah, I think Moreland coming in at 3,300 – you know, it provides some, you know, nice value there. Nunez, I mean, Devers coming in at 3900 makes some sense there. Bogarts at 4000 a little bit pricey, but if you're going to be stacking them up, um, he is a good a good piece there. J.D., Mookie, obviously always in play. But I think Bradley's a guy you, you kind of get at a, at a low price tag that's been heating up here. Um, I've been playing yep. him all year, kind of hoping for it. I'm starting to get some payouts recently where we started popping a couple home runs. This guy is very streaky. You saw what he did, you know, last year. So it's a guy that I like in that Boston stack. You get the platoon matchup. You get a cheap price tag. You know, he's going to be towards the bottom of the lineup, but he's got the power. He's got the speed. He's a dual threat out there. So I like, I like Jackie Bradley tomorrow as a value play in his middle, this middle slate here. Um, let's get into the late slate. It's three games. Uh, we'll start off with Pineda versus Gio Gonzalez in Minnesota. Minnesota's turned into one of the best offenses. They proved it again uh, today. You know, in their matchup, hit a couple home runs. Keppel had a good game. Rosario had a good game. Uh, Pineda's been back and forth. He's been pretty good, but I really don't want to attack um, this Milwaukee lineup at all. But his last four starts have been pretty impressive. He's got you 28 to 40 points in all four. Faced some tough lineups with the Yankees and the Angels. Um, he did real well in Seattle. So he's starting to get stretched out a little bit more. Three quality starts in a row. So Pineda could be in play. But again, I'm not really attacking this Milwaukee lineup and definitely not touching Gio Gonzalez. He's one of my least favorite pitchers you know, of all time. He just walks people, never really has any depth in games. He's just nibbles and nibbles and nibbles and always gets in trouble. He's having a pretty decent year so far, but not somebody I'm going to attack in DFS. I will attack him with his mini bats here. Um, who do you like outside of uh, guys like Sano, guys like Kepler, guys like Rosario, Polanco, Shoup? Are they all playable? Or are you going to attack only from the right side? How are you playing these, these twins tomorrow? Well, as you said, Minnesota is basically – an all-time historic offense right now. But Milwaukee isn't that far behind. Pineda from Minnesota's side gives up home runs. Yeah, he's been doing pretty well and going a little bit deeper. But in DFS, you hunt home runs. So 
I think you hunt the Milwaukee side for homers. Uh, Pineda has been giving up homers to both the right and left side of the plate. Right-handed hitters at target field have an advantage. So maybe you go for a Milwaukee batter from the right side like a, uh, man, I don't know, Ryan Braun. But obviously you can't overlook like uh, Christian Yellick or Eric Thames will probably be in the game. On the other side, I mean, yes, I don't like Gio Gonzalez, but just like DFS, you hunt home runs, you hunt pitchers that can get blown up. Do you know how many runs uh, Gio Gonzalez has given up in the most out of his five starts this year? It's three, and it's his last start. The other four starts, he gave up two, one, zero, and one earned run. It just tells me he is obviously a veteran. He knows how to pitch. He's not going to strike anyone out, but he's probably going to keep you in the game. So I, I, I love Minnesota's offense this year, but I just don't know if I'm going to target it today. Yeah, they're expensive too. You know, they're all coming in very expensive. There's most of their starters, Crone, 4,100. Shoop's even 3,300. Sano's up to 3,900 already. Polanco, 4,200. Yeah. Then you guys got guys like Rosario, Kepler, 44, 3,800. So they're not going to come cheap. I still kind of like them, but, you know, it's going to be a tough little late slate. It's a three-game slate, so you got to be different. I think, you know, in the late slate, you don't have to stack um, in this late slate because there's not any clear-cut stacks, you know, due to the matchups. But in the next game, you know, you really don't want to – Stack that game. I think it's the last game of the night is where most of your offense is going to come. But let's go to Los Angeles. You got DeGrom versus Kershaw. DeGrom has been bad. You know, he came out the gates, you know, really good. But he's been so back and forth. Four of his last five starts, he's been a little bit more consistent. But that's been in matchups against Miami, San Diego, Cincinnati, and Washington. So, I don't know. I don't know if I can stomach playing him again, and I'm a Mets fan at heart. 10-3, righty versus all these power bats of the Dodgers. You know, I'm going to stay away. Um, Kershaw comes in cheaper. He's been, you know, more consistent. Hasn't been blown up as of yet. But, you know, his strikeout potential has gone down a little bit. But he mowed down these Tampa Bay bats in his last start. Had eight strikeouts. Now he's got three starts with seven or more strikeouts. Two with six. He's probably the lock of the night, you know, in a late slate. I'm going to play him over to Grom. I get a slight discount. So I'm going to avoid these 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 uh, Met bats. I like Kershaw over to Grom. But I'm not going to really attack the Grom, even though he's been a little bit shaky. It's a pitcher's park. DeGrom is still DeGrom. I'm going to try to get my offense from his last game. Do you value DeGrom over Kershaw, Kershaw over DeGrom? How do you got them matched up? Basically at the same price on FanDuel. Kershaw over DeGrom, mainly just because the Dodgers lineup is, what do you want to say, eight times better than the Mets lineup, especially right now. And the Met, the Dodgers can really do some damage from the left side of the plate. So, um yeah, I'm not using DeGrom. It's not like I'm targeting against him because he hasn't been awful besides that started against the Marlins since he's came back from uh, that injury scare. But he hasn't been Jacob DeGrom from 2018. So if you want to use a lefty, a Bellinger, a Peterson, uh, go for it. 
but I'm not going to stack the Dodgers either. Yeah, I don't think I think that's the I think that's the right call. Um, the last game in the slate, you got Texas versus Seattle. Um, Lance Lynn versus Tommy Malone. Malone, to to the surprise of many, he went into Texas, pitched five innings, got six strikeouts. Now he faces it again. This time he's at home. This time he has you know the Seattle Park behind him, which is a lot easier park to pitch in than Texas. Um, he shocked the world last time out. Then you got Lance Lynn, who on the on the same side of things didn't have such a. He had a really good start in his last start, but he's been you know known to have these blow up starts. Surprisingly though, you look at his his game log. I'm even shocked. To see, you know, seven innings, eleven Ks versus Seattle. Seven innings, five Ks versus Kansas City. Seven innings, eight Ks versus the Astros. Again, he faced Seattle. Seven innings, nine Ks. Where is this Lance Lynn coming from? This is like when he first came up with the Cardinals. He's got a resurgent year going. He's got th- two last five stars. He dropped over 50 points. The other two dropped 40 points. I'm shocked to see these game logs. What do you make of Lance Lynn at this point? I think he's a veteran that's lear- learning how to pitch. Um, I know we're not a season-long uh, a fantasy site or a, a podcast here, but I, I think it was Scott Pianowski on Yahoo had talked about some of these veteran pitchers like Mike Miner, who also is on the Ranger staff, and Lance Lynn, who just seemingly have come out of nowhere. Martin Perez is one of, another one on the Twins that have been just – cast-offs that have come back and are borderline all-stars now. I mean, as you said, look at Lance Lynn's game logs. They're pretty darn incredible. His last start, he had 11 strikeouts. Two starts ago, eight strikeouts. Two starts before that, nine strikeouts. This is Lance Lynn? I mean, yikes. Uh, That being said, Seattle is a rather potent offense, but they're more potent on the road than they are at home just because of the park they play in. So I don't think if you would tell me I'm using Lance Lynn tonight, I, I'm not going to say you're crazy. Now, yeah, look at his last two starts. He right. he's faced Seattle twice, and he shot 55 and 58. Um, I think these pitchers, you know, like you said, these veteran pitchers probably went into this video room these last couple of years and said, okay, everybody's swinging for the home run. Everybody's focused on launch angles. How do we combat that? And strikeouts have consistently gone up year over year. But this year, it's a whole new ball game. You know, there's so many pitchers nowadays that are getting these six innings, five, six, seven strikeout games that weren't even strikeout pitchers before. And, you know, it's been proven so far this year that these mid-range, mid-price guys, you know, have been breaking these slates with guys like Lance Lynn. You know, you get them at 6,000, you get them at 7,000, you get them at 8,000, and they're outproducing guys like DeGrom, guys like Kershaw, which is shocking. You know, anybody who's been living in this 7 to 8K range, a guy like Jordan Lyles broke the slate, you know, a couple, you know, about a week, week and a half ago. These guys are going in without strikeout upside, and they're doing it. So I don't know what to say, you know, with a guy like Lance Lynn. Do you look at the numbers, you know, from the last five, six games, or do you look at the numbers – Going back the last couple of years, the Seattle offensive, you know, they've been staggering. They haven't been hitting. 
They were hot for the first couple of weeks of the year, but they've been cold since. You know, in this late slate, do you take a discount at 8700 or do you go back to a guy like Kershaw or DeGrom? What do you do? It's, it's, a really, it's a really tough question for me looking at the game logs. If you look at game logs and own, alone, you're taking Lance Lynn, especially if you're getting a discount of 1500 or, you know, $1,300 on FanDuel. It's shocking. If I, if I saw these game logs blindly, I would have said these game logs are Jacob DeGrom and are not Lance Lynn. The issue here, though, Jason, is if if you're playing only the late slate, you want to use Lance Lynn over Kershaw or DeGrom because you want savings. What bats are you really going to spend up on, though, in that late slate? There's not a ton. I think if you're cash, you're locking Kershaw. If you're if you're DPP or even if you're playing the all-day slate on, on FanDuel, like I like to do, and you want to take some savings, you take Porcello or you take Lynn. And, and it may be Lynn over Porcello. It, it's crazy. I think it is. I it's, really do think it is. And if you're talking about win percentage, I would say Lynn is probably at close to the top of the list because in his late slate, yeah. The Grom could go out there and pitch a good game and battle with Kershaw for six innings the and they leave in a tie game. Yeah. You know, Lynn, you know, versus Malone, he's probably going to come in as one of the bigger favorites of the slate. Uh, this this Dodger-Met game is going to be tight. The Milwaukee-Minnesota game, again, going to be tight. It's going to be this, this Texas-Seattle game that I think, you know, I see some early run lines. It looks like Seattle is going to be a slight favorite, but... Vegas is just putting that out there. It doesn't mean that it's really going to be projected that way. I, I think Texas comes in with the way Lance Lynn is pitching. That, and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not in these games as of yet, but you give me Lance Lynn with the way, you know, Seattle's been hitting, and you allow me to, to get these these Rangers at an underdog and I get a plus money line on them, I'll take, you know, I'll take Seattle. I, will, I said I'll fade Seattle. I'll take that Texas lineup. Um, so it's a tough little late slate. There is one more game. There's a double header. You got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, which we kind of skipped over. I'm looking at, you know, the FanDuel slate here. So it's a fourth game here. You got Sonny Gray versus Mitch Keller. Gray, again, has been better, but I'm not really going to pitch Sonny Gray at home uh, in a, a hitter's ballpark, even though, he went into Milwaukee and got nine Ks. Another guy who had a couple rough seasons, but look at his game logs. You have three games in the last ten with nine strikeouts versus good lineups. You know, versus it's shocking, man. You look at these game logs. If you told me Sonny Gray is going to strike out nine Milwaukee players and do the same thing versus Atlanta and then do the same thing versus Los Angeles, I'd be shocked again to see that. And he had seven Ks versus the Cubs, so. Sonny Gray, 7,100, late slate. You know, I would play him over Malone. But again, you get a discount here, 7,100. That's Now that's even a deeper discount than Lance Lynn. This slate, yeah. you know, at, at the night slate, I think you can play either DeGrom, Kershaw, Lynn, or Sonny Gray if you look at the recent pass and you look at this matchup versus, Pins- you know, the Pirates. Gray's going to come in a pretty solid favorite here, so... He might even have the best shot at, at a win tomorrow as well. So I think in his late slate, you got four guys that are going to be, you know, a tough question. And there are some bats, you know, this Milwaukee, Minnesota 
you know, it's looking like that's the game you want to stack from a hitting perspective. So they all do come inexpensive. So like you just asked me before, who are you going to spend up on? I think you can go with Sonny Gray or Lance Lynn and get these Milwaukee Minnesota bats. They're proven bats. They've been hitting all year. So, you know, if I had to make a lineup right now the night before, I would probably take the discount, go with Lance Lynn or Sonny Gray, and then stack this Milwaukee-Minnesota game, and then try to maybe grab a Texas bat or two or a Cincinnati bat or two because, again, we're going to have Votto. You know, I'm not sure which game he's going to play. Will he play both? Will he play the first game or the second game? But at 2,900, if you take one of these cheap pitchers and Lynn and Gray, you pair up Votto at 2,900, you pretty much have a lot of money to play with and get these Milwaukee and, and Minnesota bats in. You got guys like Winker at 2,500, a guy like Dietrich at 2,700. So these Cincinnati bats in this slate, you got to be, you got to be selective though. You got to see how this first game plays out. You got to see what lineup they roll out and be ready to adjust. Cause it is a double header tomorrow. So it's going to be tough to you know figure out from that perspective. Well said. Also, if you're playing that second slate, just watch how many game, how many bullpen arms they use in the first game. If they're forced to use a lot of bullpen arms in that first game, then they're not going to have those arms available for the second game. So that means that the starters will likely have to go deeper. And that could be either positive or negative, depending on what side you're using it. If you're forcing your starting pitcher to go deeper, well, obviously they have the, the potential to put up more innings and strikeouts, but on the other hand, they could get tired and the batters could key off on them. Yeah, you know, some good points there. You know, one thing I'm also going to say, there's a lot of slates, you know, tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to probably fade that middle slate, you know, focus in the morning, see these lineups roll out. Uh, I want to get some action tomorrow day. I'll probably play the early slate, recoup, do some studying, see how these lineups play out for the, I'll skip the second slate and then jump into, you know, this late slate to get some late night action. But, you know, I'm going to be working all day building lineups. So I'm going to focus in on these lineups. But if you're at a barbecue and you're drinking all day, you know, take a day off. I, I say this all the time, try your best. I'm really bad at taking days off. I play every day and it does cost me money. But if you're not going to put the research in and you're not going to put the time in, take a day off. You know, enjoy time with your family. You know, have a fun Memorial Day. But if you're going to lock in, um, you know, try to pick a slate and focus in on that one slate. That's my word of advice for tomorrow. Kind of an insider pro tip. Focus on one slate and don't try to, you know, be a hero. and Play with all three slates and go to three different barbecues and jump in pools and be drinking all day. Especially with doubleheaders, especially with, you know, some weather that might be hitting certain areas. Make sure you check out Mark's blog. Uh, he'll be providing weather updates all day. Check him out on Twitter. Um, check us out on our website. We'll have three or four articles posted. Uh, we'll have updates throughout the day. We'll have our bets and our prop plays in as well. It's winddailydfs.com. Everything is free, you know, for the time being right now. So check us out, winddailydfs.com. Mark, any parting thoughts? You know, give them, give them your Twitter handle. Let them know what you'll be updating tomorrow with weather. We didn't really talk much about weather. Do you see any you know, some soft spots and weather that we have to worry about tomorrow. Are we pretty much clear? Um, a few things. DFS, MLB, weather on Twitter. Uh, weather looks a little bit more quiet, though there was very few issues. There was a lot of potential issues on Sunday. But tomorrow, 
I don't see any major trouble spots. On the other hand, like you said, you talked about playing the early and then the late slate. I'm going to do a little bit different philosophy, and I'm going to play the all-day slate because me and you doing this podcast really helps me get prepared. So I think I'm going to use someone like Norris or Percello, maybe Lynn if I want to go a little bit more expensive from my pitcher on FanDuel, and then try to get some bats. Um, so that's my philosophy. Me and you are a little bit different than that. In, in that regard, but that's what DFS is all about. You can skin a cat in more than one way, and that's a horrible saying that I dislike that I just used. <laughs> yeah, just to recap, you know, in the early slate, I think the Yankees come in as one of the clear-cut um, best stacks of the day, whether you're playing early, late. Um, the Reds are your sneaky stack. They're going against two Weak pitchers from the right side. So if you want to go sneaky, the Reds are in play on both sides. Scherzer in his early slate is your top pitcher. Um, Castillo is, you know, somewhat sneaky. He had a blow-up start, blow up start the last time, so he's going to come in under-owned. A guy like Garrett Cole is going to be, you know, for the most part faded because I think everybody's going to pay up for Scherzer or pay down. So in this early slate, you try to get these Yankees, number one. And then be creative with the rest of your slate. Um, in this middle slate, um, we got a course game. So take your action. Pick your spots to get some Rockies and some D-backs in. You have this sneaky game with Chicago and the Royals. You have two cheap pitchers. Offenses I don't really want to attack. But two cheap pitchers, I think one of the two. Um, Bailey or Nova could be good for GPPs. You know, like Mark just mentioned, Porcello comes in a great value at FanDuel. Um, and these Red Sox in this, in this midday stack. I mean, mid- midday slate is probably your top offense versus Rodriguez. I'm pretty much fading the Oakland Angels game, like we said. And in the late slate, check out the weather. Check out who, who's playing his doubleheader in Cincinnati. But the bats you probably want are the Twins and Milwaukee game. Those are the two most potent offenses and two pitchers that don't really, you know, scare me. And then we got this creative kind of. Lance Lynn resurgence, and then you got Kershaw on the Grom. So it's going to be an interesting day. We hope that you guys all make some money. Um, we've been doing well. A lot of people have been emailing us saying that they can, they've been listening to the article, checking out our projection. All of our tools have been really helpful so far, so we'd love to hear that. So check out WindDailyDFS.com. Have a great Memorial Day. Mark, thanks for having you. One we're last out of thing. Here. Go Jason, for it. Go for it. I can't, Minnesota is a major weather spot. So just stay tuned to me, and I will keep you updated about that as well. Okay. Yeah, like we said, it's pretty hard to tell the night before. But if Mark is telling you um, there's some weather concerns in Minnesota, like I said, be sure to check out. We update as much as we can on our site, winddailydfs.com. Also check check them out on Twitter. We'll be updating as much as we can. So have a great night. Hopefully, you know, everybody's winning money on Memorial Day and we can get back at this uh, Tuesday morning.